This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today. And if you're watching today for the first time, may I welcome you. Now today on our telecast, we're going to discuss the subject, The Way Back Home. We'll be looking at a, a, some scriptures out of the New Testament uh, with a theme of going back home. I hope that you'll stay tuned today. Now we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course, and this course will help you learn more about the Word of God. We want you to have it, and in order that you might know more about the course, and in order that you might learn how to uh, receive the course, why don't we take this time and pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 877 7115214 I want to read now from Luke the 15th chapter beginning at verse 11 And he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father Father give me the portion of goods that falleth to me and he divided unto them his living and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough in despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when it was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. There's really no way that you can adequately describe this parable of Jesus. It is one of the most divinely tender and humanly touching stories known to man. And yet the story of the young man that we often refer to as the prodigal son has a universal appeal. 
Now, now the reason it has that type of appeal is because we can say either I have been there or that's me. And also, we can, it has such a universal appeal because it reveals the great love of God. And also, this parable gives hope to those that are in despair. In this reading, there's a young man who came to his father and requested his inheritance. And he received the inheritance and then went off into the far country, which is really representative of sin. And there he wasted his inheritance in riotous living. And then when he had spent all and he had joined himself to a citizen of that land and he sent him out to feed pigs. And then he came to himself and he decided he was going to go back home. And when he came back home, the Father gave him a warm, compassionate welcome. This is a beautiful story. He, he, think about him preparing to leave home. Here's a place where he was born, where he had been nurtured, cared for all of his life. And now he's ready to turn his back on it and picture him leaving home. I heard a young man preach one time on the prodigal son and he said, try to imagine that he's sitting astride a horse and all of his fashionable friends have come out to wish him well as he goes off. And they think this is one of the happiest days of his life. But if he could only see the future, he would know that this was going to be the saddest day of his life. The day that he decided to leave home. And if he only had known the future, then it might have made a difference in his life. I've often wondered, why did that boy leave home? You see, he had so much going for him. Why, why would he want to turn his back on it? Why, why would he want to leave home? I don't believe he left home because he intentionally intended to ruin and wreck his life. I don't think there's anyone who intentionally intends to wreck their life. I don't think that he left home because he wanted to, to hurt his father, to hurt others in the family. I don't think it was out of spite. The reason he left home was out of, of a self-willed attitude. And the fact is, that's at the root of all sin. You see, this boy was tired of home. He wanted his freedom. He wanted to be on his own. Well, someone says, you think the father mistake, made a mistake by letting the boy go? Absolutely not. To have refused to let the boy leave home would not have adequately portrayed God. You see, God doesn't make us do right. He wants us to do right. But God has given man the freedom of choice to choose either to do wrong or to do right. And so to, to have refused to have let the boy leave home would not have adequately portrayed God in this story. 
But this young man left home, and the Bible says that he went off into the far country. And that far country represents sin in this story. And sin is a terrible monster. Sin today is seen in broken homes. And there are so many of them today. It is seen in broken lives. There are so many lives today that are broken by drugs and by alcohol. Sin is seen in, in uh, the, the wars that are fought throughout our world. And, and sin is seen in the crime that, that's in our streets today. Sin is everywhere. And it is a terrible monster in the book of Romans, the third chapter in verse 23. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, sin is universal. Sin is all over the world. The Bible says in 1 John 5 that the whole world lies in wickedness. The whole world is in sin. We live in a world filled with sin. And it has such an effect upon people. For example, it affects your mind. Sin can so warp and twist your thinking that a person would actually turn their back upon God. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 about those who had a reprobate mind. A mind that was warped and twisted by sin. And because of that, God gave them up to that reprobate mind. I read a news account of, of a person who threw a baby off of a two-story building. Why in the world would somebody do that? Why would anyone take a, a child, an infant, and throw that infant off of a building? It's because their mind is warped and twisted with sin. That's the reason. You see, it can affect your mind. It can affect your will. Sin can so deceive you that it makes you think you're doing right when in reality you're doing wrong. And sin can affect your conscience. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul talked about those whose conscience was seared with a hot iron, that it was hardened. Hardened. In Ephesians 4.19, he talked about those that are past feeling, that is, their conscience gets to the point that they don't feel anything anymore. I had a man who had been in prison for a number of years to tell me that after a while in prison, killing a person is no more than stepping on a bug. Well, what happened? They just get past feeling. They're hardened. You see, that's what sin can do to an individual. And there is a cost for living in that far country. Solomon said in Proverbs 13, 15, the way of the transgressor is hard. You see, when this young man left home, he... he 
pay the price. It cost him the joys of home. No longer could he sit down at the table at the close of day and eat a meal with the family. No, no, no longer could he go to his father for counsel and his mother for comfort. It, it cost him the joys of home. It cost him his good name to go off into that far country. Solomon said that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches in loving favor rather than silver and gold. That's found in Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, in verse 1. It cost him peace of mind. Don't tell me that he had peace of mind while he was over there walling that hog pen. The Bible says he came to him when he came to himself. That tells me something about the insanity of what was going on here. He did not have peace of mind. You forfeit peace of mind in the far country. And then it cost him his freedom. Why, he left home to be free. But in the far country, he found slavery. And it will happen every time. And then it cost him his self-respect. There is no self-respecting uh, young man who would want to be found wallowing in a hog pen, eating what the pigs eat. It cost him his self-respect. And it cost him joy. The joy of his heart. The joy of salvation. In Psalms 51 and, uh, and verse uh, uh, 10, uh, David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Rather, that's in verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. But you see, in the far country, there is no joy. There's only sorrow and hurt. You see, when he went off into the far country, it cost him everything. It cost him his money. It cost him the shoes on his feet. It cost everything. And unfortunately, he did not look toward home until he was flat on his back. And that's the only time some people ever think about God is when they're flat on their back. So he was out here in the far country and it was a costly journey indeed. It disturbs me to know that there are people that are out there in that far country today. And I want you to know that you can do something about it. I want you to know that your life can be better. I want you to know that your life can change. This young man went back home. And let me ask you, what do you suppose caused him to return? Well, I think one of the things that caused him to return was the memories that he had of home. I think that's one of the things. And I want to ask you, what kind of memories are we making for our children today? Will the memories that our children have bring them home or keep them away? I know of people who do not like to go home to the to see their parents because they have such unpleasant memories 
of home. I think that's one thing that brought him back home. And another thing that brought him back home is that he came to himself. He woke up. Many people live their lives today in a, I would call it in a stupor. That they're not thinking about their souls. They're not thinking about their life. They're not thinking about an eternity. They need to wake up. They need to come to themselves. Jesus said, what is a man profited if he gains the world, yet he loses his soul? But we, we, we pamper our bodies. We take very little thought about our souls. We're not thinking about that. But this young man came to himself. And he made a decision. Now the decision he made was not that I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to change my life. His decision was to go all the way back home. And I want to ask, where are you today? Are you willing to change? You say, yes, Brother Lambert, I, I think I'll just turn over a new leaf. No, no. You need to change your life. And the Bible says that he, he made this, rehearsed this confession. Now I'm going to go to my father and, and I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. That's in verse 18 and 19. There's one translation of this, this that reads, I no longer deserve to be called your son. And you know that was true, wasn't it? And we do not deserve what the Lord can do for us. It's a matter of His grace. You see, the story of the prodigal son is not only a story of a young man coming home and receiving forgiveness. It's a, a story of what the grace of God can do. So he came back home and he made this decision. And he carried out his decision. And when he started that way down the road toward home, the father, the text says that the father saw him. And that tells me something about God. That tells me that God is looking. God is looking for you. Because He's interested in you. And then the text says that the father ran. And he fell on his neck and he kissed him. This is a boy that had broken his heart. This is a boy who asked for his inheritance, left home, wasted it. Now the scoundrel is coming back. How, what attitude am I going to have toward him? man came to me one day and he said, Brother Lambert, he said, my son is, is not living right. He said, as a matter of fact, he's living with a woman and they're not married. And he wants to come home to visit his mother and I. Now what am I to do? And I immediately thought about the story of the prodigal son. I said, I, I'm sure your son knows that you do not approve of what he's doing. 
Oh, he said, yes, I, he knows I don't. I said, just remember this. I said, it's your decision as to what you do, whether you, like, you allow him to come and stay in your house. But I said, he's still your son. And he still needs to know that you love him. I said, you'll have to make a decision about what you do in a situation like that. But in this story, the prodigal son, the father saw him and he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And I'm so thankful that the text doesn't tell us that he gave him a lecture on how he's disappointed in him. I have an idea that some of you that are watching right now have done that with your children, haven't you? I suppose all of us have done that sometime along the way. Maybe our children do things that we don't like, we don't appreciate. And so the very first thing we want to do is let them know how they've disappointed us. How you let me down, you hurt me, you hurt your mother. Well, this father loved him and he had compassion. Fell on his neck and he kissed him and the, and the son started making, making the confession that he had rehearsed while he was over in the far country. And, and, he, and, he, and he said, I've sinned against you, Father. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned in your sight. And I don't even deserve to be called your son. So how is the father going to respond? The father said... Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. That wasn't the robe of a servant. That was the robe of a son. He said, put a ring on his hand. That wasn't the ring for a servant. That was a ring for a son. Put shoes on his feet. Those were not shoes for a servant. They were shoes for a son. And he said, you go and find the fatted calf and kill it. And let us make merry. Let us be glad. He says, for my son was dead and is alive. My son was lost. But now he's found. What a beautiful, beautiful story. I'm speaking right now to someone who is where he was. Maybe you're watching this telecast in a motel room somewhere. Maybe you're watching it at home. Maybe you're watching it in prison. But I want you to know that God loves you. And He loves you so much that He gave His precious Son to die upon Calvary's cross in your place. And as it were, He wants to fall on your neck and kiss you. You say, Brother Lambert, I, don't, I don't, really don't deserve the Lord saving me. That's exactly right. But he will anyway. Jesus in Luke chapter 5 said, They that are righteous need not a physician, but they that are sick. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, you're the kind of an individual 
that the Lord came to save. He came to save you. And He can if you will allow it so. You have the choice. You have a decision you can make. And in order to be saved, you must be willing to submit your will to the will of God. In Luke 6 and 46, Jesus said, Why call me Lord, Lord, and yet you don't do what I ask you to do. You do not the things which I say. And we want to be saved. We have to do what Jesus said. Just plain and simple, do what He says. Jesus, in giving the Great Commission, according to Matthew's Gospel, said, All power hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus taught that his disciples must go and teach other disciples. And after teaching those disciples, those people that have been taught are to be baptized. And once they're baptized, they need to be taught all things that are required of them as Christians. In Mark's account of that giving of the Great Commission, he said, oh, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. If we were to take those two readings and those alone, we would learn that we are to be baptized as believers in Jesus Christ. We'd be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remission of our sins. On the day of Pentecost, when the people asked, What shall we do? The answer was, Repent and be baptized. Those that were baptized for the remission of their sins, verse 41, were added to the church by the Lord, verse 47. And thus they were saved. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And so the Lord is looking for you. Would you give your life to Him? I want to thank you for watching today. And may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And right now, before we close, please, right now, pick up the telephone. Call the number that you've seen on the screen and request the free Bible correspondence course. Do it without delay. May I encourage you to do that today. It's, it could be the single greatest thing you've ever done. I received a letter just today from an individual who was thanking us for the Bible course, you will do that too. I want to thank you for watching. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 
3-6-5-8-0. Or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.